Welcome to the Nourished with PCOS podcast. I'm your host, Sam Abbott, registered dietitian nutritionist and PCOS nutrition expert. I'm here to help you learn how to manage PCOS and support your hormones while also having a healthy relationship with food in your body. You can improve PCOS symptoms and labs without dieting. Get ready to feel better with PCOS and leave diet culture in the rearview mirror. Welcome to episode 45 of the podcast. I cannot believe that we are getting so close to 50 episodes. Um, I was just looking at my calendar and I'm getting ready to hit the one year anniversary of creating this podcast. And it's been so fun. I have loved connecting with you. So many people tell me in conversation that they feel like the podcast has been so supportive of them and with their PCOS journey. And that just really warms my heart because that was the whole purpose of why I created the podcast to begin with, just to help you feel empowered and feel like you have the tools that you need to manage PCOS. That's also the mission behind my programs and so happy that we're getting ready to hit that one year mark. Um, Today's episode is really special because I am answering a question or a concern that is brought up all the time. Um, when I'm talking to people who really are thinking about taking a non-diet approach to nutrition, or maybe they read the intuitive eating book and they love the idea of being more flexible around food. Um, They don't want to restrict food anymore, but then there's this nagging question or concern in the back of their mind. What about my health? And I'm curious if you have ever viewed not dieting as giving up on your health. If so, at the end of this episode, you may feel a little differently. Hopefully, we will flip the script on that. Um, So I I definitely want to do more in-depth episodes about topics like the history of BMI and how this really isn't an indicator of health outcomes, and also how the term quote-unquote obesity became a disease because that is highly problematic and the pharmaceutical industry was involved in that decision. Um, So I definitely want to do more in-depth episodes on that to help kind of support you working through this thought process. But in the meantime, I'm going to give you some really important things to think about. Um, So when you think about letting go of dieting, first of all, I think it's really important to actually define dieting and call it out for what it is. So the definition of dieting is restricting oneself to smaller amounts of food or specific kinds of food in order to lose weight. And part of the reason that I wanted to bring this up is because Diet culture is really catching on to people wanting to feel better in their body, wanting to have more flexibility with food, and diet culture is really co-opting a lot of non-diet language. And I see a lot online now, like, lose weight without dieting. 
Well, that's an oxymoron. The definition of dieting is basically eating to lose weight. So when you hear the word diet in that context, I just want you to remember that. And when somebody tells me, I don't want to diet or I love intuitive eating, but I also care about my health and I'm worried that I'm giving up on my health, I know oftentimes there is this underlying concern with a question, what happens if I gain weight or I'm afraid of gaining weight and is that going to impact my health? So I also wanted to just put that out there too, that I know that is an underlying concern. So let's hop into helping you think through this or work through this. The first question I would have for you is, how are you defining health? Is it staying within a certain BMI range? Is it following the traditional definition, which is the absence of disease? Like we need to figure out what your barometer is for this and like what you're thinking of when you're using the word health. The definition absence of disease is really problematic because number one, that's not realistic for most people. And also there are many aspects of health that are completely outside of your control. Being diagnosed with PCOS is one of them. You know, PCOS, we believe it to be a genetic condition or something that's really exacerbated by environmental factors. These are things that could be completely out of your control. Um, So are you thinking of a definition of health that is just, you know, completely outside of reach to begin with? Also, when you think about health, where did you get that definition from or How is health spoken about in your social circles or your um, family or how you grew up? Because we can really internalize those thoughts and those can be ingrained in us as well. Another question that I would have for you is, where are all of the different aspects of health falling in this conversation? Like, are you only thinking about physical health or are you also considering mental health, emotional health, spiritual health? Like there are different aspects to health. It's your overall health is not just about your physical health. And also these different aspects of health can impact your physical health. So I will give you a couple of examples. Depression impacts cardiovascular health. Anxiety impacts cardiovascular health. If you are feeling depressed or anxious and any of that is related to eating, food choices, poor care, poor health care with PCOS, like these things independently are impacting your physical health. It's not just about food choices. So really thinking about these things and maybe redefining health in a way that works for you. If you are not familiar with ASDA. ASDA is the Association for Size, Diversity, and Health. 
And they talk about the definition of health on their website. Um, ASDA has ownership over health at every size. So if you are a fan of health at every size or you're curious about that, ASDA is a really great resource. But they talk about how we define health and how health should really be thought of as something that exists on a continuum it's something that varies depending on what is going on in your life. Um, health is going to vary for each individual person. And they say that health should be conceived as a resource or a capacity, um, not as an outcome or an objective of living. And I think a lot of us have ingrained in us that there is some sort of moral value related to health. Like if you don't have any health conditions or all of your labs are within um, standard ranges, this is something good, like you did a good job. But if the opposite is true and you're diagnosed with a medical condition or some of your labs are high, or I see this a lot when people receive a diabetes diagnosis, there's a lot of shame like you failed at something. And it goes back to that moral value around health. Um, I have a lot of clients tell me that when they start taking metformin for their PCOS, they hide that from their families because of the stigma around even just a suggestion that you might be taking a medication that's also prescribed for diabetes. So, you know, I think if this is resonating with you, how can we shift the way that you are thinking about health, you know, if you do think of health as like my ob one of my objectives is to like eradicate all parts of my PCOS and have low labs, how can we shift that a little bit to where you are focused on supporting yourself and improving your quality of life? considering factors that you have the capacity for or that are within your control. This is something that I always bring up with my clients because it's so important. And I find that the deeper somebody is in diet culture, the harder it is for them to define what health means to them. And if that's you, that's totally okay. But this is some some new thought process that you can really sit with. So defining health or redefining health is a really big piece of this conversation if you are wanting to move away from dieting. And the second piece of this conversation is really leaning into your own personal experience with dieting. So I have never met a person that told me, Sam, 10 years ago, I went on a diet and all my labs decreased. I feel great. And I kept all of that weight off forever. I have never heard that. What I hear is I've tried everything to lose weight and I can't. Or I've heard, yeah, I followed this diet and I experienced these health outcomes, but that diet was so restrictive or it wasn't realistic, so it was difficult to stick to, and now I'm back where I started. Or 
now I feel like my PCOS is even worse. Um, So I hear those experiences. So I would ask you, you know, have you ever been able to follow a diet indefinitely, lose weight and completely keep it off? If you have, you are in the minority. A large majority of people, um, dieting does not work. And that is really what the research shows. There's nothing wrong with you or that's not abnormal if you've had that experience. Okay, so sitting with that question, has dieting ever really improved my health in the long run or has dieting ever really been effective for me is a really, really important question. And Something that's really important when you're working on health is to trust your personal experience. Like nobody knows your body or what works for you better than you do. Another thing that you can think about is what has dieting added to your life and how has dieting taken away from your life? And this could be a good journaling activity or you could just sit down with like a pen and paper and make a list. Because when we are thinking about any sort of health or nutrition intervention, I want you to be fully informed. And part of that is weighing the risks and the benefits. Um, A lot of people don't talk about the negative impacts of weight cycling and yo-yo dieting. So when, when I talk about weight cycling, what I mean is going through a cycle of losing weight and then gaining that weight back, which is what we see with dieting. And most people regain back all of the weight that they lose. And then a certain percentage of people gain back even more weight. And so And that is what I am talking about when I say weight cycling or yo-yo dieting. And, you know, when we think about dieting, what comes to mind is probably a positive health outcome. But when we look at the overall big picture of dieting in the long run, I want to make sure you're aware that research shows us weight cycling leads to negative health impacts. Um, It can lead to higher insulin levels, a higher A1C, worsening inflammation, worsening blood pressure. Um, Weight cycling is associated with depression, shame, um, worsening self-esteem. Yo-yo dieting um, is a predictor for binge eating. Yo-yo dieting can affect cravings. So All of these things are associated with yo-yo dieting. And when you're weighing the risks versus the benefits of dieting, I want you to be really honest with yourself of, you know, not just in that couple of weeks or months that you follow the diet, but in your overall big picture, how has dieting impacted you and your health? Do not be afraid to listen to your own personal experience about what has and has not worked for you. Another factor that we need to talk about in this conversation, um, like I I really want to let go of dieting, but I'm worried about my health and I'm worried about gaining weight, 
is this thought process actually distracting you or holding you back from addressing your true health issues? Because a lot of times people blame their health outcomes or whatever they're experiencing on weight and dieting is the solution that you think of. And if this is you, I don't blame you for feeling this way. Like I totally understand where this thought process is coming from, but is dieting distracting you from actually addressing what truly needs to be addressed? So I'll give you a couple of examples are you having back pain and you're dieting or any sort of pain and you're dieting because you feel like losing weight will help you address that pain? That is an example of a distraction because aches and pains occur in all body sizes and they're coming from a source. And so we need to figure out what that source is and address it. So getting a complete medical workup by a physician who is not going to just blame things on your weight. And then also, if needed, getting in with a physical therapist. If this is relatable to you, I have another podcast episode um, earlier in some of my earlier episodes with Danny Shapiro, who is a physical therapist, and he talks about this exact issue. Another example is maybe you're binging in the evening and this is making you feel stressed out. It's making you feel like you're you're making your PCOS worse or it's causing you to gain weight and this feels stressful. And the solution that you come up with is either centered around your weight or centered around dieting. When in reality, that is a distraction because what we really need to look at is what is causing your binge to begin with. And oftentimes, there is an element of um, food restriction or inadequate food intake that is leading to binge eating. And so the way to manage or treat binge eating is to really figure out that unmet need in your body and address that need. But when we just focus on dieting and weight, that's a distraction from really addressing what truly needs to be addressed. So those are just two examples, but maybe really sit with, you know, what are you really trying to tackle or address and what is distracting you? Um, This is why I really love my balanced blood sugar with PCOS course, which is open for enrollment right now. If you're listening to this live, it'll be open for enrollment until Wednesday, January 24th. Um, This is not a course that I offer all the time, but I do package up all of my tips and tricks for managing insulin resistance and put them neatly in a step-by-step process for you. This is why I This whole conversation, though, is why I created the course is because I saw how many people were experiencing PCOS symptoms or feeling exhausted or always having cravings related to their insulin resistance, and they were looking at their symptoms or their elevated A1C and turning to dieting or focusing on weight loss as the solution, when in reality, that focus was actually a distraction from truly addressing what actually needs to be addressed or 
sometimes I don't like to use the word addressing, even just supporting yourself in the way that you need to be supported. It is so important to remember that diet culture doesn't care about your health at all. Diet culture is a business. It is a multi-billion dollar industry. And the way it survives is to keep people in this endless cycle of dieting and fearing that if they don't diet, that their health is going to decline. And this is a lie that so many people have the lived experience to know that this is not actually something that truly helps them in the long run. It's just that we are surrounded by so much diet culture messaging that it's really hard to step out of that. If you are a regular listener to the podcast and you've listened to my guest episodes, I always ask my guests who are professionals, you know, how did you move away from diet culture or how did you become a healthcare provider that didn't focus on weight? And a lot of people have similar stories. For me personally, I did not become a non-diet dietitian because I'm against people wanting to lose weight or I think people are wrong or bad for having this diet-centered mentality, I totally understand where that comes from. I totally understand and empathize with that. I became a non-diet dietitian because when I had my brick-and-mortar practice and I would sit with people for hours at a time, I just saw over and over and over again how dieting wasn't really helping people, Um, how people were experiencing weight bias and weight discrimination, and they were internalizing that instead of us openly talking about the bigger systemic issues that need to be addressed. And I also saw how distracting this diet focus was on truly addressing what actually needs to be addressed. Um, You know, if somebody wants help lowering their A1C, I can give you a lot of nutrition tools for that. If somebody wants help improving fatigue, I can help with that. If you have an irregular period because of insulin resistance, I can give you tools for that. If you want help dieting or approaching food from a place of restriction because you feel like that's what's going to help you improve your health, your whole health, or help you lose weight, I can't help you with that because for most people, that is not a realistic path or a sustainable outcome. So if you are somebody who doesn't want to diet anymore, you're tired of food restriction, you love the idea of food freedom or intuitive eating, but you care about your health, I have great news for you. You can achieve health outcomes independent of weight loss, and you can continue that health journey without dieting and without food restriction. And this episode has given you a lot of things to think about um, if you're thinking about making that shift. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, I will say a really important part of a non-diet journey is having a community. And, you know, I'm always here for you. That's also why within my course, even though my course is a much lower price point than one-on-one nutrition coaching, 
Um, if you were to compare the price of the course to six months of nutrition coaching, which is probably the amount of material is probably equal to that. I mean, the course is a fraction of the cost and I offer a payment plan. Um, but in addition to the course, I intentionally include a community feature where you can check in with me and ask me questions because I know how important it is to have that community. Um, Diet culture runs deep. It runs deep with our friends and our family. And if you do want to move away from dieting and you are kind of realizing that maybe the definition of health that you've upheld for yourself isn't realistic or healthy for you, um, it can it can feel isolating. And so, you know, I'm here for you. The community is here for you in the Balanced Blood Sugar course. Enrollment is just open for one week. So um, check out the registration page in the show notes. I will link them. Feel free to DM me on Instagram. I'm at PCOS Nutritionist. If you're curious of other people's experiences in the course, I do have testimonials and I share some of the things that people have shared with me over DM of the success that they've had in the course and how much better they feel. Um, And I would just really love to see you in there um, if you are listening to this live. Don't forget that enrollment closes on Wednesday, January 24th. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will catch you later. Thanks for listening to the Nourished with PCOS podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe so you can catch new episodes. I'd also be so grateful if you left a review and rating for the pod as well. See you next Wednesday.